Soul care matters because you matter to Christ. What affects your soul affects your body, and you are only as helpful to others as you are healthy. Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast. Welcome back to Season 3 of the Soul Care Matters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Berg, alongside... Jeff Ballard. And we're back. We're back. It's been a hiatus, but we're back. What have you missed the most about recording with me for this podcast, Jeff? Wow, what have I missed? You know... I mean, so for all you listeners, Ryan and I have an office, I have offices right across the hall from each other. So we, we interact quite a bit, but you know, what's interesting as I thought back about it is we had some of our best conversations here in the studio recorded about topics. So I think I've just missed picking a topic and just dialoguing about it. I think that's true. I, I wonder if some of it is we get to give more thought ahead of time yeah. to what we're going to be talking about, yeah. despite what it may sound like we do prepare ahead of time for these episodes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I think that's true. I think what I've missed the most is I learned things about Jeff Ballard <laughs> outside of church world. Yeah. In here, I learned stories about nicknames you had on cruise ships, and I learned things about your favorite Halloween costumes and which superhero you would be. And it's just really amazing to see that aspect of you. Good memory. Man. It doesn't come out very often. <laughs> so, so what have you been up to on during this hiatus? Yeah, so we're recording here at the beginning of November. We've been on hiatus for a couple of months here. And uh, yeah, at that time, for the most part, ministry has been busy. So it's not like I've been sitting around with nothing to do while we're not recording. But the thing I think of most probably just on the personal family side is um, just kind of the routine of family life, taking kids to school. Our kids are all in activities. And so we spend a lot of time driving them to activities. You're a chauffeur. I'm a chauffeur. Yes. That's pretty That's pretty much it. I, do, I have two full-time jobs right now, pastor and chauffeur. Yeah. That makes what sense. about you? Yeah. So I've had a unique opportunity this year, but it really picked up right about the time that we hit hiatus. I'm going through a year long training uh, with a guy named Steve Cuss that some of our listeners may be familiar with. He wrote a book called Managing Leadership Anxiety. I've had the privilege of being part of a cohort with him uh, of getting trained and certified in the way that they help people become aware of. Mm -hmm. manage and, and in, in a way kind of tame anxiety. Yeah. And they do it kind of in two levels, both personally, like if you were sitting one-on-one -on -one with someone, but also organizationally. So there's been a lot of really fascinating tools and, and theories that I've learned of how to help an organization identify areas where anxiety tends to be present frequently yeah. and uh, ways to come in and manage that. And it's very biblically sound, really emphasizing the role that the gospel plays in all of this, but not minimizing or, or failing to acknowledge the real challenging, difficult things that people deal with that can cause them to have anxiety. Yeah. One of the things I've appreciated the most is the recognition that when you're thinking about it more on the organizational side, that mostly plays out in, in a, a workplace. So I appreciate the focus and the emphasis on when people come into work, it's not like they've left all their troubles mm -hmm. from home life in the car. They're carrying those in whether or not they acknowledge them. And the same thing goes in reverse too. When you walk through the door at home, you're still carrying the anxieties of your day. So yeah. how do you manage and balance that? And it's it's been really fascinating. So this is at the beginning of November. And then the big kind of retreat is on a ranch in Colorado uh, in two weeks. Man. Where I know it sounds like I'll really be suffering for Jesus in the mountains in the Rockies. And I think to some degree I will because they keep talking about horseback riding and I do not like horses. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have never had a good How experience. How can you not like horses? Oh, I've they're, never had a good experience. They're beautiful, strong creatures. I mean, Jeff, have you ever been thrown off of a horse? I haven't. Twice. Oh, okay. Okay. Twice. What are and you doing to get thrown off? I don't off know. Horse? I mean, I was a kid and like a junior. I think last time I tried, I was in junior high school. Yeah. And I got thrown off twice and they would keep running off the trail and I'd be like, okay, this is my life now. I'm a, I'm a woods person with a horse. Like, well, I think you need to learn how to manage that anxiety and get right. on the horse when you're out. I, I am excited about this retreat because I just got the itinerary yesterday and there's a bunch of really interesting, fascinating things that we're going to do. So I do think it's going to be mostly work, very little play, but it's got to count for something to be in the Rockies for about a yeah, week. So yeah. that'll be pretty fun. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more from you as you learn from, uh, from Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful to do an episode on that to, to Definitely. maybe talk about some of the things that were, that we have discussed in the cohort and maybe give some helpful tools out to the listeners. What else are we going to talk about this season on, on the podcast? Yeah. We've got a bunch of ideas for episodes that we've already planned out, which is one of the, one of the great things about how we're changing up how we're doing the show, you know, having the hiatus has allowed us to plan ahead a little bit, which has been really great. But some of the, especially for me, yes, <laughs> yes. As the editor, yes. uh, it's giving you some good space. Some of the ones I'm uh, excited about would be, we got an episode on parenting. Mm. Do we want to share who the, our special guest I think was? We could. Yeah. 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 So pastor Mark Skydema, who was a pastor here at college park and has moved to kind of a sister church over in Fishers, Pennington, Park, but he came back mm -hmm. to record that episode with us. Um, we've already recorded it. It's gold. You guys are going to love it. Just dripping with wisdom. Yeah. Like I, I started to edit it and like I kept having to stop and write down quotes that I thought were helpful for me as a parent. So I've got about 13% of it edited <laughs> because I keep stopping. But yeah, that one's going to be gold. I, I especially appreciate the fact that he was able to talk about parenting in multiple stages. Yeah. Babies, little Younger kids, teenagers, and now having one in college. Yep. Very, very thorough overview. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So no matter what stage of parenting you're in, or even if you're not a parent yet, you'll still benefit from that episode. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. We've got one on um, technology and kids, mm -hmm. like teens, yeah. that we're going to do with our student ministries pastor here at College Park, Alex Anderson. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because just as a parent of several teens, I'm running up against that more and more, having to think about that. And I know Alex has thought through that quite a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I'm actually really looking forward to that one too. Uh, two weeks ago, my kids actually switched schools. And when my nine-year-old came home from school the first day, they had given her a computer <laughs> and they gave my six-year-old a tablet and they do m the majority of their schoolwork on here. I mean, obviously when I was in school, those things just didn't happen. Yeah. I think I started using a computer my junior year of high school. If that tells you how old <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. I typed papers on a typewriter. Yeah. That's for real. That wow. happened. They didn't give Sydney and Elliot iPhones. Yet. Yeah. No, thank no. goodness. No, yeah. but they brought them home and they were so excited about these devices that they had. And then they're like, dad, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I was starting to show them. And then I I started thinking, oh boy, we're in a new stage here, like yeah. where I'm going to have to start 
being even more thoughtful about how are how are we going to use yeah. this? What what are the dangers? What are the strengths? How you know how can we redeem the use of these mm-hmm. tools? So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, one. and honestly, you know, we're going to focus on technology and, and teens, but I would bet the things we're going to talk about are just as applicable to us as adults because yeah. I find not only am I having to help lead my kids in this, but I myself need help oftentimes mm-hmm. with you know my relationship with devices right. because I find myself more often than I want to getting sucked into yeah. social media and wasting time or, you know, being influenced by just kind of the 24 hour negative news cycle, right. finding us more cynical or, you know, just all kinds of ways that technology can be detrimental. You know, just on that note, something interesting that's happened. I just recently started, I don't know if you're like this, but I usually always plug my phone in right beside the bed when I go to sleep mm-hmm. at night and I use it for my clock and my sleep sounds because I cannot sleep without sleep sounds. I started plugging it in, in another room so that I don't have that. And it's been a really healthy, good, like I fall asleep easier. I sleep better. I wake up and I'm not first thing grabbing my phone and looking, like you said, the negative, yeah. what terrible things happened while yeah. I was asleep. <laughs> yeah. And so even just that one small change has been actually really, really helpful. Yeah. So I'm it's looking funny. forward to talking more about that. It's funny you mentioned that because I've been thinking about the same thing. Maybe, yeah. maybe based on your testimony, I just need to do it. We actually um, put an electrical outlet in our closet so that I can just charge it in there overnight, but it's far enough away. It's too much work to get up and go. Uh, Do you still use it for sounds and your, (laughs) I have a Bluetooth speaker, so I just turn it on before I leave the closet and then I go from there. That's a great idea. Yeah. I could do that because one of the things that was keeping me from making that switch was like, I don't want to pay money for an alarm clock. Right. Who uses those anymore? That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I Can you even one. get them? I don't even own one. Yeah. I don't think we own one. But yeah. yeah so but, what else do we have? Um, let's see. We'll have another one. We're going to have a special guest, uh, Mike Trexler, who's a College Park member and professional counselor who's been a real friend to our soul care ministry here. We're going to have him on to talk about what's it look like if you're a counselor or really even just a people helper generally to care for yourself and to receive care from others. And then also to talk about, you know, for those of us who might know counselors or a pastor, somebody who's involved in people helping ministry, like how can we care for them? How can we, um, you know, be good friends and make sure that they're receiving the care that they need? You know, interestingly enough, the whole care for the caregivers piece in this cohort that I've been part of, this comes up all the time where a lot of the organizations that ask Steve or some of his other coaches to come in and help them, you know, kind of put in some strategies to manage anxiety are caregiver professions. Uh-huh. So there are a lot of churches, but also uh, I, he's talked about social workers, meeting with groups of them, child care providers, you mm-hmm. know, different things like this, hospitals. So I think that it's a really timely thing for us to talk about. Yeah. Like what is What are some of the best ways to care for the caregivers? Yeah. What else? What can you think of others? Yeah. So we've got some that we're talking about that might not be totally nailed down yet, but yeah. um, we've talked about doing an episode on how to have healthy relationships with in-laws an extended family. That's right, yeah. So it's November. It's the beginning of November. And like clockwork every year in my office, about midway through October, I start having conversations with people about what are healthy ways that we can manage the holidays yeah. within love. I'm having the same yeah. thing. It's, yeah, it's, and I've probably already had 15 
conversations about that. Yeah. And so we're thinking about thinking through some guests that we could bring in to help us hopefully provide some helpful hints and some wisdom on what it looks like to navigate those. And I think, I, I think, I don't know if you've seen this, but I feel like I've observed in the last couple of years, this has gotten more tense. Yeah. I mean, when COVID hit and everybody had an opinion about COVID and families didn't necessarily agree on that mm-hmm. and then the political climate we're in and things like that, I think that it's just ratcheting up a little bit more. So even more necessary to be really thoughtful and gospel centered in the way that we think about how do we have healthy interactions with appropriate expectations. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, that's a topic that just in normal times can be really challenging. And uh, but yeah, especially in these past couple of years, it's it's become even more difficult than usual. Yeah. I think so. You know, another thing we're going to have this season is a whole new season of life storms, too. So I've already recorded three and all three of them are home runs. So those are a lot easier to edit. No surprise. (laughs) And uh, I've already got them all edited and ready to go. And we've got we've got one that's primarily about chronic illness. Mm -hmm. We've got one that's talking about coming to grips with the role that emotions play in their lives. And then we've got one that's talking about overcoming addiction. So there's a wide variety of stories about God's rescue and redemption of people. And I'm pretty excited about what we're going to be looking at for life stories. I feel like all the life stories we've had have been good. I feel like these, the Lord has just seen fit to send a bunch of really poignant ones mm-hmm. all, all at once. So I'm excited about that. That's great. How about how many life stories will we have total this season? Do we it, know? It kind of depends. Usually I have five or six. We're, we're doing 15 episode seasons now and uh, we'll probably have five or six life stories, but sometimes it depends on like if I've got, let's say I've already done five or six and I've got one that's just so applicable to what so many people seem mm-hmm. to be dealing with. I'll throw it in there yeah. too. And one of the good things about having a podcast is the, the rules of like how many episodes you have, how long they are, whatever, are pretty flexible. Yeah. I don't know if you ever watch Pirates of the Caribbean, but mm-hmm. they talk about the code being more like guidelines. That's right. That's that's what the, this <laughs> is. Too. They're more like guidelines. So uh, we'll color outside the lines sometimes. Okay. And I think uh, I could expect five or six, though. It'll be great. Well, Jeff. In every episode, I think every episode last season, and I want to continue into this season, we do this segment called The Glass House. We have a recurring segment on our show called The Glass House. It's where we invite you to step into an imaginary glass house and share openly about your joys and honestly about your struggles. We go beyond transparency, which places a lock on the door, and step into vulnerability by welcoming safe people in our inner world to affect change. You just heard the intro. We've got a brand new intro for what the Glass House segment looks like, and it talks about being transparent and vulnerable. So I just wanted to take a few minutes here on the first episode to kind of set the tone for what we look for in terms of transparency and vulnerability. So, Jeff, would you be willing to step into the Glass House? I would. All right. Well, first question, what is something that's going really, really well for you right now? Yeah, I would say marriage is going well. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, Kristen, we are going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary. Wow, congratulations. In 27 days. Wow. Actually, November 3rd, which is the day we're recording this, is the, the 
the anniversary of our engagement. Okay. We didn't get married the same year. We weren't engaged for just 27 days. That's a story we're going to need to hear sometime. We were engaged for a year and 27 days. Got it. But um, yeah, so just kind of surreal that we're coming up on that milestone. and But also neat just to look back to where we were when we first got married, the ups and downs we walked through to where we're at, Mm -hmm. you know, in our marriage now. Um, So that's that's going well. That's cool. So 20 years we'll be celebrating very much. Definitely something to celebrate yeah. big plans anything uh, spectacular not huge plans i mean i think 10 years ago if you would ask us hey what do you think you do for your 20th anniversary <laughs> it probably would have been like we wanna, we're gonna go to hawaii yes. for two weeks and unfortunately <laughs> that's not gonna be the case um but yeah we're gonna get away for a couple of nights okay, um not too far away but okay. just get some time to that us. sounds great yeah you can go to the thriving metropolis of muncie indiana <laughs> where i grew up plenty to do there yeah okay it'll take you about a half an hour we'll, so we'll think about it that's what's going well right now what's maybe something that's a little more challenging these days. Yeah. I think, uh, what's going challenging is I think just the, my wife and I have four kids. They are all in middle school. <laughs> so we have a sixth grader and three eighth graders and, you know, we're just finding it a really challenging season on in a number of fronts. Mm-hmm. You know, one is, you know, I, I said, what have you been doing in hiatus, like driving kids around? And there's a reality to that, like in the day that we live in a city, you know, just with the way that family life typically works and kids activities. It it can be real challenging to, you know, find time together Mm -hmm. as a family. It can be challenging to just figure out how to manage the schedule to create a rhythm of life that is feels healthy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, I've recently listened to a book that talks about Sabbath and just going, yeah, I wonder if there are some things we need to learn and implement about that in our, our family rhythm. So yeah, that's one thing that's been challenging, just trying to figure out how to, how to have some healthy rhythms as a family. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it doesn't feel like anything slows down, right? Like, oh yeah. I feel like the, I mean, you're a couple years ahead of me, but I feel like the older I get, there are more things that are in the way of yeah. really having that. So you kind of touched on it there at the end, but as a follower of Jesus, how are you processing the challenge? Yeah. So one of the things I started doing a couple years ago was just really taking my day off seriously. Yeah. Um, for a long time, I, I would on my day off still do work yeah. and let things bleed over into that day off. And, uh, uh, just got to a point where I felt pretty burned out mm-hmm. and run down and somebody encouraged me to really make that day off more like a Sabbath day. And yeah. so I started doing that and that's been really helpful. The other thing I've been doing and just processing is like in, in these kinds of seasons where life is busy and there's, there's probably no way of avoiding some, some of that, mm-hmm. like life's full with four kids, just the importance of like setting aside real time for communion with the Lord mm. and just finding that when I do that, he really does meet me and sustain me. And I just, I've, I've come to really cherish those times. So I get up earlier than I would want to, <laughs> but I've, I find when I do that consistently, I actually begin to want to get up early, even yeah. though it's, it can be tiring. Um, so just the way I'm processing it is finding the Lord faithful to help me, um, to meet me where I'm at, to give me what I need to do the things that he's called me to. Wow. That's, that's really helpful to think through. What does Sabbath really look like? Not everybody's looks the same. There's some helpful resources out there on that, but I appreciate the focus. Yeah. Like really trying to be intentional yeah. about that. Maybe I say one more thing. Yeah. Cause I think this is important too. It's just, you know, we live in a day and age where we 
most of us have lots of resources, lots of opportunities. And the challenge we have is what do you say yes to and what do you say no to? Mm-hmm. And in one sense, that's a blessing to have opportunities to do all kinds of good things. But in light of just the importance of rest, the, the importance of setting aside enough good time to spend together in relationship with others. Mm-hmm. Like if we're constantly running around doing things that we don't get that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that's just been impressed by the Lord helping me really grasp the reality of that when I say yes to something, I'm saying no to lots of other things. And am I prioritizing the things that really are most important yeah. in life? Yeah. Help, helpful to even make a list sometimes. What's getting most of my time, yeah. energy, attention, money, whatever right now. Yeah. And then you'll find out real fast. Here are the things that I'm valuing. Exactly. Super yeah. helpful. Yeah. So what about you, Ryan? Are you willing to step into the glass house? Yeah, I'll jump in there. Okay. I've been, tr- I've been trying to think about one thing to, uh, to focus on, but I'll give it my best shot. Okay. So what's going well? Yeah. There's a couple of things going really, really well right now. I think one thing that's going well, it's actually a little bit similar to yours. So we have, ac- we're actually kind of maybe like a month or so into a season where we've cut way back on things. Mm-hmm. Some of that the Lord saw fit with finances to cost, right? But he knows what we need. And so we have had some financial challenges, but we are finding that we do have more margin than we normally do, mm-hmm. but we don't, we're, we're intentionally not filling it with things. And so we've had some really good family time. For example, this past weekend, we were able to go up to my parents' house and with the grandparents taught my kids how to play Monopoly. Oh, yeah. And so we sat there as a family and played Monopoly and it was a blast and they got so into it. And of course, you know, grandma and grandpa helped out the kids. And ah. I was like, those aren't the rules. Well, who won? Um, I did. Oh, I definitely dominated at the end. <laughs> and as I said before, I think I told you about this. Once you bankrupt yeah. your wife in a game, you're usually pretty good to go <laughs> in Monopoly. But it's been really sweet. It's been really uh, enjoyable to just spend some time. They're at a, they're at an age. They're nine and six, and so they're at an age of asking lots of questions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in the last even two, maybe three weeks, we've had more conversations about what does it look like to follow Jesus in this context than we have in the past two years. Mm. I, I don't know what it is other than the Lord has just prompted their little minds to ask some of these questions. So that's been, that's been pretty great. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what's been hard. Yeah. How to condense this. Um, this cohort that I have been part of has been such a really awesome, fun, enjoyable learning experience. But it's also been really revealing about uh, some things even in my own heart that I feel like the Lord is really trying to impress upon me. One of the things that I, I've learned recently through one of the exercises that we did is I don't consider myself an overly anxious person. There's not that much stuff that makes me anxious, uh, but I have noticed personally, and it's been pointed out to me on multiple occasions that my anxiety tends to rise when my ability to help other people is outside of my control. For example, somebody comes to me and says, I really need some help with this. And in order to give them the help they need, I have to get a resource or information or something from somewhere outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And when that proves to be difficult, my anxiety level rises. And so it was really interesting to have pointed out to me that while my primary motivation is pure, the, the phrase, Jesus died on the cross so you don't have to, was said to me multiple times. And I was like, oof. <laughs> like, how how often is this happening? So I've had a season of really reflecting on where does this show up in my life? And it shows up a lot more than I'd like to admit. So I've really been trying to just take that to the Lord and say, show me what I need to see mm-hmm. here. And it's kind of like 
having surgery. It's not always pleasant, but the end result, I think, is going to be really, really beneficial. Yeah, yeah. So kind of answered it, but you probably say some more. Like, how, how are you processing that as yeah. a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I, I think in two ways, because I, I do feel this. I don't want to say pressure. That's not the right word. But I feel this responsibility that I gladly take when people come to me asking for help. I want to give them the help that they need. So like, I do feel that, but I'm, I'm in a season where I feel like the Lord is saying, don't forget that even if it's not what you think is the best help for them, giving them Christ is the best help for yeah. them. Even if it doesn't answer immediate questions or meet immediate needs. That's still the best thing for them. And then just kind of reasoning through that and, and being okay with letting someone sit in a tougher place for longer than I would want them to, mm -hmm. but offering them a redeemer who can, you know, eventually. So that's, that's been one part of it. The other part of it is really just kind of asking God to search my heart and reveal areas where I'm more concerned that I'm the one that's able to meet the need. A little bit of a Superman complex, yeah. I think. Like, I'm the one that can swoop in and, and fix things for them. That's been kind of nasty to look at in some <laughs> ways, if I'm being honest. But he's been really gracious for that. And then just kind of giving that to the Lord. And I, I remember one time, I, I'm pretty sure it was my mom who said this, let God do his job because he's better at it than you are. And I just tried to remember that over and over and over again, and that God is not somehow disappointed with me mm -hmm. that I've been trying to do maybe more of that than I should have. And so it's been, it's been good and really, really good. And honestly, a little bit painful at the same time, but mm -hmm. that's part of following Jesus, right? Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. That is wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll have much more coming out of the glass house in episodes to come. But for now, we want to say welcome to season three. Welcome to season three, Jeff. Yes. Excited. Season three of the Soul Care Matters podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Care Matters podcast. Join the conversation with us on Instagram by following us at College Park Soul Care or email us at info at collegeparksoulcare.com. We'll be back with more helpful conversations in the next episode of the Soul Care Matters podcast.